Dive into our latest courses designed to enhance your bond with your furry friend. Whether you're a seasoned owner or a new puppy parent, there's something for everyone at dogspeak101.com. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Enroll now and take the first step toward a happier, well-behaved dog. Visit dogspeak101.com to browse our course catalog. Get 10% off all courses through February the 14th. Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Hope you're having a wonderful week. We are one week closer to the holiday. Get a little time off, a little fun, a little extra work with your dogs, all that good stuff. Britt, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. You're looking forward to the holiday, I know. I love the holidays. We have like four Christmas all trees this year in a 1,200 square foot home. It, I... It's, I thought Halloween was bad, but mostly Halloween's outside. Christmas is, it threw up in the house. Oh, you no, know, like Santa took a big shit in our house. That's, that's amazing. What it, that's what it looks like. That That's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. A big, and, and for, gl- for a family literally that, festive. Look, and for a family that doesn't buy Christmas gifts, we sure have a lot of shit under the tree. Well, they're for other people. Well, I know, but I mean, it's like my family, we don't do Christmas gifts. We do Dirty Santa. And your family, we do Draw a Name. Mm-hmm. You and I don't do gifts mm-hmm. except for stockings, and yeah. so yeah. Well, we have a niece. Yes, uh, we have friends. Some I know that's hard to believe, but we do. We have do friends. have friends. It's amazing. Uh, so I I wrapped the dogs' toys. Just you did wrap this. The, the dog little toys known this fact: year. I if my job could be to wrap Christmas presents or birthday pre- any kind of presents like all year long. If I got paid to wrap presents. You really should have been working at Sears not like, all these years. Not like at Macy's or Sears no, or something that's like that's exactly where but you like, need to go. Some custom wrapping. Do they even do that anymore? Uh, do those, do some that, stores do, do big yeah. Big stores do that? Yeah, yeah. Where was I? I saw someone walking out of somewhere with wrapped gifts. Where the hell was I? Okay, if you're local and you would like Britt to wrap your gifts for a small fee. I will do just it. Just shoot us an email. Podcast oh at dogspeak101.com. I'm obsessed with <laughs> gift wrapping. I will wrap anything. I don't wrap. In fact, I bought myself something just as like a, hey, I'm going to wear this for work or whatever. And I was like, screw it. I'll wrap it for myself. Only because I like wrapping. Not because I want to unwrap it on Christmas. I didn't do uh, that this year. I did this another year. Okay. I know. It's, I, it's dumb. Well, why don't I just buy you some stuff and then you can just wrap it and put it in your stocking and then open it. Because I don't want to see it. It's supposed to be a surprise. Yeah, I'm not a good gift giver, so I I, I hate no, buying gifts. No, 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 no. I hate, hate, you are, hate buying gifts. You're a fantastic gift giver. I'm really not. Yeah, you are. And I hate it. I hate doing it. You're a great gift giver. So that's probably why I'm not a fan of Christmas as much as I'm I am very Halloween. sorry that you had someone tell you that you're not a good gift giver because you very much are. Well, you know, when you've been with selfish people in your past, it doesn't make gift well, giving fun. I don't fun. need gifts. I just enjoy I wrapping. You I will wrap empty boxes. I don't care. But I did wrap the dog's toys. And that's all right. That's that's a uh, they're going to like that. They're going to have fun with that. Hopefully Myers will rip it up. I don't know. I hope so. Because he tears everything else up, toy-wise. So, yeah. So, holiday's coming up. Yay, yay. Wee, wee. Woo, woo. Mm -hmm. We have some, uh, I think, some really phenomenal episodes that are going to be coming out. I'm really For the end of the year. Yeah. So, just so you guys know, I'm recording uh, a couple in the next couple weeks. Uh, We're going to be talking about herbs. Herbs, herbs, herbs. Um, with your a, mom would correct you and say, it's "I know herbs. herbs." A canine herbalist, uh, Rita Hogan. She is phenomenal, and so she's going to be coming on and speaking about using herbs. How do you know Rita? Uh, Rita actually, I, mean, I know how you know her, but how yeah, do you know Rita? So, <laughs> so Rita used to live locally, kind of locally, 
um, when I had my facility, she also had a facility in her home, her and her partner, and um, and they quite a bit outside of Nashville. And uh, but she would drive into Nashville to pick up dogs, and um, and she somehow found me, and um, I believe I helped her with a dog with one of their dogs. Either that or we, I was sending clients there because they, they did a nice um, boarding facility and cages boarding. And, and anyway, she's, she since, and that's been, gosh, that was early 2000s, uh, since moved to Washington. Now she's really into uh, canine herbs and just phenomenal. And mm-hmm. I mean, she is, she's writing, she's got books coming out, she's got a podcast. She's, she is like the top dog right now with uh with this so super excited for she and i to get together and talk and we're recording that in a couple of weeks uh really excited that'll be out the week of the 19th barring any you know mm-hmm. issues but that one's going to be a really good one and and i think that um she's we've got a ability for our clients to reach out to her mm-hmm. um now she's really super busy but she has three other um practitioners under her so oh, cool. you may not get Rita but she's got it set up that if you you know want to look yeah. outside the um the you know the box of treatment for different things that's uh, it's going to be really good that's awesome I, I had started doing a canine herb class using herbs and um, oils and things like that and it was taught by her and I started it and I'm like whoa this is this is a lot this is a lot. So I decided instead to uh, not continue that education um, and just have uh, have a connection. Just <laughs> have a connection that it's, I can send my people it's to. Sometimes easier. We're just like, <laughs> tell me what to do. That's what we do with Tiffany. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't need to advance my nutrition because I have Tiff. Yeah. Right. Um, and I know that you guys, a bunch of you guys have reached out to her. She is over the moon. Thinks our listeners are the best. I think our listeners are the best. And so... That uh, we're really excited about um, having Tiffany back next year and having Rita on. And then the other one is not going to be everyone's cup of tea. Yeah, it's going to be a little hard. It's going to be difficult. It is. We are going to actually, it's going to be myself with Alicia, our other trainer, and uh, Kim Rezac from Animal Rescue Corps. And if y'all don't know about Animal Rescue Corps... They are a phenomenal organization that works with mostly hoarding cases, um, and they do a phenomenal job. Um, she's going to, we three are going to be discussing behavioral euthanasia. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to get my point of view, Kim's point of view as, as far as a lead in the Animal Rescue Corps, and then Alicia's point of view, who's actually been through it. Yeah. So I think it's, it's really going to be good. I think it's something that's not talked about enough. And, um, and I want to bring it to you guys. It's a, it's a shitty way to end the year, I think with an episode, but you know, but the good thing is Kim, Kim not only has like the biggest heart, but she's hysterical. Yeah. I mean, adore her. And you, you forgot to mention that she's also the founder of Goofy Foot. She is also the founder of Goofy Foot. <laughs> that's given, given my assholes. I've got my assholes. We got our dogs. <laughs> we got my mom's dog. She does a phenomenal job. Yeah, I they, mean, they do yeah. things right. Everything um, is yeah. because Animal Rescue Corps. They actually don't do. They don't adopt dogs out. They rescue them, rehab um, to a point, uh, evaluate, give all the medical because most of these dogs, um, mm-hmm. not just dogs, they do birds, rabbits, cats. Oh, this I mean, last one, there are a lot of birds. A lot of birds. Yeah. So they actually work with different rescues and send the dogs and animals different places. But check them out. Animal Rescue Corps, um, ARC. You should be able to find that with no problem. And, and it's, I just think it's something we do need to talk about because it is something that we deal with. Um, and I know there are a lot of people out there that have had to do it. And the guilt that, that comes with it is something we want to talk about. Oh, yeah. Because we don't want you feeling guilty. And yeah. I personally have a client or two. Um, that is either suffering with that or have had suffered that in the past because I have had to make that decision oh, yeah. um, or recommend that decision with people, yeah, with people and my clients. So it's a little tough one, but hey, uh, we'll get through it and, and we'll hopefully make it as um, as entertaining as you can on that subject. 
So, uh, yeah. But today, what are we talking about? Oh, I I think you have to mention one more thing before we start. Oh, okay. What's that? I think you need to mention the upcoming new workshop. Oh, it's seminar. Okay, so I just um, I put this together, and I'm super excited about it. We are having, now, obviously, this is going to be for locals. I am going to try to record it, and if I can get it a good um, recording of it, I will post it uh, for available purchase on our website. But we are doing a seminar January the 27th, 6.30 p.m. till 10 p.m., and we're doing it at the farm at Natchez Trace, and we're basically doing a a well, well-being a wellness seminar. I've, I've really got to come up with a really cool name for it. <laughs> I think wellness a seminar. A wellness works. seminar. I think it's that's good. Okay, so wellness seminar is what we're doing, and, and we're going to actually have four different presentations. We're going to have a presentation on cooperative care focused on nail trims, and that's going to be done by Alicia. We're going to have um, observing your dog for pain, uh, considering that 80% of aggression cases um, have a common cause of pain. Um, and that is a study that's been out. <laughs> also, you, didn't, you didn't just make that. I didn't just make up. that up. I did, totally did not make that <laughs> stat up. And um, and so uh, Amanda will be talking about that, giving you some preventative tips to avoid that pain as your dog's age and, and those things. Tiffany's going to be there talking about how to observe your dog's body um, and to know if that food that you're feeding them is actually making them feel good. And, and one of the big things for us is I just remember with Dan, our Rottweiler, after she would eat, she would pace. She would uh, lick a lot. Lick she would smack. She was yeah, her she wouldn't. Her lot. stomach was yeah. hurt, and she would lick her stomach. and And it's those things that we want people to recognize that it's not. You're not just going to see diarrhea. You're not going to hear gas or smell gas every time. It can be something as simple as a dog not being able to get comfortable, or or licking the stomach, or focused on the belly. Um, even kind of going back towards the knee area. So again, that's one of the things that Tiff is going to talk about. And then the big presentation is we're bringing in a couple of licensed veterinary technicians that have combined 25 plus years of experience. I've known um, known them both for a couple of decades now. And um, they're going to be doing our first aid and CPR. So we are excited about, I don't know how we're going to cram all of this in. in it's going to Three and a half hours. It's going to be such a good, I think it's going to be so good and, and so much fun. So it's if you're local, blast. highly recommend. Britt will have it. When are you going to have that on the website? Uh, I'll have that up on the website okay. on, um, what 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 the heck is today's date? Oh my God. Uh, today is Sorry. December the 7th as we're recording. Yeah. They, won't yeah. Yeah, that's in, they won't get this I until next sure. week. I can't, I can't just be like, oh, it'll be up Thursday. Yeah, because, so they'll have it December yeah. 13th, 12th, 13th. <laughs> you'll, you guys can be able to listen to it. <laughs> It, well, by the time y'all listen to it on the 13th, it'll already be on the website. So go check the website out. <laughs> Perfect. And um, and we have actually, I mean, we have plenty of space. So register. It's going to be a measly $45 per person. BYOB. Mm-hmm. Um, BYOB as usual. So Britt will have some nice snacks there, I'm sure, because she's really good at that. I am not presenting at this one. I know, so you actually get to sit and watch. I actually get to sit and enjoy. Um, I'm super excited to... To bring, um, you know, bring this group in um, so that they can kind of talk about their specialty. Yeah. And it's um, and, and to give our our listeners and our followers and our clients um, or the people that we don't know yet, the public we don't know yet. Yeah. Give them a chance to, to really learn some things that are not necessarily discussed and that are too difficult to necessarily communicate and make clear in a podcast episode. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things you got to see in person, yeah. right? So um, I th- I'm excited about it. It's going to be really good. Uh, so if you're local, be sure that you check that out. So uh, that's all I got on that one because that's that's going to be the 27th, and I think that's our first seminar of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to be doing more things like this. Uh, we will probably actually have some workshops that you can bring your dog and actually do some physical uh, fitness and, and PT with and and some cooperative care workshops. Uh, we've got a lot of ideas for for 23, and we're just excited. 23 is going to be great. 23 is going to be amazing. So we're super excited um, with that. All right. So for tonight, what are we talking about? 
<laughs> Y'all may not have known or may have known. I had to pause right after that last little sentence because I, I had to go to the bathroom. I think that was a pretty obvious pause. Um, I don't know. You know, we got a good program yeah, here. What are we talking about today? That's what I was asking you. Oh, we're talking about play. We're talking about play. Play's fun. Play is fun. Um, but play can be difficult. Play can be difficult for dogs. Play can be difficult for owners. Um, because play is so individual. Mm-hmm. I mean, in a way, it's. I mean, there's some obviously there's some common, but it's individual. So when I when we think about play, think about humans for a second, right? So humans, everyone kind of has their preference on enjoyment activities. Okay, so if you had to pick like one thing to do for play, mm-hmm. what would you do? As a human, and this just kind of goes to show it's kind of, you know, what do people really enjoy? And this could be play with just yeah, you say, or it could be with what others. What is your definition of play? Well, play would just be an interactive an inter- interaction um, that brings joy. Let's put it a simple definition. Interaction that brings joy releases, maybe it releases stim- um it releases energy. Maybe it, it helps to reduce stress. There are a lot of reasons that we play. Right. What I'm asking. So, for instance, hiking. To me is not play. That's not play. But it fits those. It checks those boxes you just said. So, but you said something that was very interesting. You said interaction. So, what? So, interaction either with something. Right, so you have single play and and maybe, but it it often involves a game, something that's considered a game. Yeah, or a sport. Yeah, I would I would say that that because for me, if you're talking something like hiking, for me, I'm thinking decompression. Yeah, right, stress reducing. That's not a game. But also, not all dogs reduce stress during play. Sometimes they increase their stress. Correct. So I think if we just kind of go with that that definition of play is so let's see what the dictionary says about play because i mean we can sit here and say well this is how i look at play this is what i think when i talk about play um you know but really what is it and it's it's funny anna who was on our podcast um talks a lot about play tell everybody who anna was is or not at all is she was on the podcast she's, but i mean like way early in the still year with us she's still with us sorry she's a child advocate there you go um, some people have not maybe yes, not listened sorry. to that episode go listen to that episode it is fantastic um so anna talks a lot about play and how play is so important for adults and it's like you sort of hit an age and then you're not supposed to play anymore but play is integral in like growth you know mentally and physically and you know i mean if any of you follow um adam grant for instance he is big on play he follows a lot of the studies on video games and how they help cognitively and build confidence and and all these sorts of things um so i that yes because for me so we have really gotten into the virtual reality headset thanks to a client uh, I have Ooh. a I have a pet dragon. You have a pet dragon. I and I build cities. I play golf, <laughs> Beat Saber. I am an NFL quarterback. But the one that I have been playing a lot is called Supernatural, and it's an exercise game. But it also has meditation. Um, it's got like the the laser. You can do stretching. But I do boxing, mm-hmm. and it's a workout, major major workout. But it's also fun. Um, and to me, it feels like I'm playing, mm-hmm. but it totally builds my confidence, makes me feel more controlled, powerful, and it also um, helps with my hand-eye coordination. Yep. And and that's the thing is like, you know, I'm going to be 48 in March. I am never going to act like that. I'm not sure what it's supposed to act like, <laughs> but like for my mind, you know, we I, we joke a lot that there's a 14-year-old boy in all of us. But my mind is a lot younger. I don't want to think about putting myself at that at that age where you're supposed to not have fun anymore. You're not supposed to play video games. I still have a PlayStation. 
I will still play Uncharted. We have a Wii. We have a Wii. We will bold. Um, we have a dartboard. We'll throw darts. I, I love how you ignored the Michael Jackson game that you play. Okay. Y'all, <laughs> let me tell you something. This is going to be a little bit of a play episode, a little bit of get to know Nikki a little bit more. Um, when I was growing up, um, I grew up with, it, we graduated with, I graduated with like 75 people. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, out of 75 people, I probably have known 60 to 65 of them since kindergarten. Most of my friends were um, cheerleaders. Had, you know, I played sports. I played three different sports. But most of my friends were cheerleaders. And so we would spend the night as, you know, always have sleepovers and just so much fun. Every time we would have a sleepover at this one friend's house, we would go to the video store. Yes, the video store to rent a VHS. Did you have like a family video or are we talking Blockbuster? Oh, no, honey. We had a um, somebody from your... Um, it was your friend's dad. It was your friend's who dad who owned, owned this it. place. Yes. My first job was at a video yep. store. Yep. In, we had family In video. my small town, right? Now it's turned into a liquor store. We should work there. <laughs> Look, so... We would go to the video store to rent VHS. And, of course, we'd pick some horror movies. We'd pick something probably, you know, probably funny or whatever. But we always, always, always never freaking failed that we would get Michael Jackson's video of Thriller. Not only just the video, but how to do the dance. I love that that was. So my my brothers and I also would rent that one. It's. Isn't that funny? Like it. It, yeah, we did. And for me, it was, I could never, I could never learn the dance. Well, but also sometimes the zombies are doing something different than Michael's yeah, doing. Yeah, but they didn't it's, explain that, right? It's tough. And here I have all these cheerleaders doing the dance perfectly. And I'm like, and the thing is, I'm coordinated. Obviously, I played sports, right? I have good hand-eye coordination. My dance moves may not be the best. So I could never learn it. So my goal in life was to learn the thriller dance. So when Michael Jackson experience came out on Wii, and actually I think we got it on Wii, but then I got it on PlayStation. I don't know. I've had it on both. I was determined to learn thriller. And I did. And I, I can absolutely kill it. Like I'm like 11, 12,000 points here. But if the video came on, would you be able to do it? Or do you have to have, like, I, the game in front of you? I think if I practiced the game for a couple of days, I could easily go back and mm-hmm. do it. Um, otherwise, I'm probably only going to probably be 60% remembering. But we have, we have gone off on some crazy I know. Like, so that's, some that's, tangent here. But that's one of those things that, again, when I'm doing that and I'm learning and I'm doing better, it's going to release that dopamine. Mm-hmm. Right? And so I, I have this feel-good would we consider that play? Well, the definition for play is a verb. Um, engage in activity for enjoyment and recreation rather than a serious or practical purpose. So could we mm. include hiking? Yes, as long as you're, I'm not doing it for exercise. I'm doing it for enjoyment. Um, the, another one is engage in a game or activity for enjoyment. And then amuse oneself by engaging in imaginative pretense. Me being Michael Jackson. Or some people we know. I'm not going to name names in case he doesn't want people to know that he is a D&D freak. Oh, yeah. But, you know, if you're into D&D. Right. That is, again, it's, it's a, but that is that interaction, right? So we have play that's a single play. You've got. Um, interactive play with someone else and, and something else. So when we look at our dogs, we have those two different types of play. Or actually, well, yeah, we can put two different types of play. You got play by themselves with a toy, what Myers is doing right now, mm-hmm. or play with another individual, whether that be another dog, a cat, um, or a human. Mm-hmm. And so when we talk about play, it's important that, one, we need to find out what our dog actually enjoys. Mm-hmm. So many people I see that they have a big dog and they want to immediately jump to wrestling as a play. Wrestling is 
a play option, right? Um, so, you know, so let me back up for a second. Let's talk about the different styles of play. Okay. Okay. You have wrestling where dogs are literally tangled up in wrestling. You're right? not talking about you wrestling. I was, dog. but now I'm going to talk about right now okay. just the general ways <laughs> dogs play. So okay. I, that's why I'm like backing up for a second. Let me just talk about the general ways dogs play. So wrestling, they can do it laying down or standing up. Okay, and this is um, something that they're they're engaged. They're usually loud. It can be a very it can be scary for some people mm-hmm. when dogs wrestle. Yeah. Um, typically, the dog on the bottom is in charge. Now that throws people off on that. At any time, that dog on the bottom who ended up in the bottom more than likely on their own. Um, they can stop the game at any time. If the dog on top doesn't release the dog from the bottom, then we have some bully issues, which mm-hmm. we'll get into. All right. So you got wrestling. That could be standing or laying down. You have tug, right? They get a toy. They're playing tug with it. Okay. Then you have your chase game. Now your chase game is, again, self-explanatory, right? One dog's running. The others are chasing. The dog that's running is in charge of that game. They can stop the game at any time, right? By just stop running. And then you have boxing. Back their butt on their back feet. You're mixing in a little wrestling with that. Um, but boxing is also something that can be very loud. Now, any of these games can be combined. Not every dog, though, enjoys every game. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that when we look at something like Isabella with play, She's not a huge wrestling fan. She tugs. She chases. Mm-hmm. If the wrestling gets too much, I think she gets freaked out. Um, yes, I agree. And she's usually the dog on top and she's usually the bully. And I think it's because she just gets overwhelmed and because the, the energy level of wrestling can go really high. Mm-hmm. And so that can create... Some dogs' inability, if they don't have that control, they have that inability to be respectful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So she's in boxing, I would say, I don't even think boxing is really her thing. Chasing, tugging, a little bit of wrestling, but not. She likes boxing with our neighbor's dog. Yes. They do have a boxer. Boxer mix, yep. <laughs> yep. So. But even with her Myers, they typically chase, mm-hmm. tug. Um, and the wrestling is really just their heads. Yeah. They're just sort of body slamming each other. Yeah. I mean, so. No one's ever on the ground. No, not really. So yeah. so for Myers, he loves to chase. I do think he enjoys some wrestling and tug. Um, I haven't really seen him do much boxing. But those are what they enjoy with other dogs. Isabella is not a fan of wrestling with humans. Nope. She never has been. No. That freaks her out real hard. Exactly. Because my my brothers, I have two younger brothers who are very big men who love wrestling with their dogs. (laughs) And Isabella's like, And their dogs love wrestling. Yep. Isabella's like, oh my God, that's so scary. Yeah, it's too much for her. And yeah. So peas on them. Yeah. So just because your dog enjoys a certain type of game with other dogs doesn't mean they're going to want to do that game with the human. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important that we be respectful of that. And I think it's important that we learn how our dog likes to play and and to also know that that style of play, their preference or play preference um, can change, can change as they grow, as they age. Um, and, I, and I think it's important that we don't force a game if they don't like it. And when I'm thinking about forcing a game or the one that everybody seems like they feel like they have to teach their dog is um, fetch. Mm-hmm. Everybody I know that I've talked to with dogs, it's a lot of people in my 26 years, all think that their dog should fetch. Yeah, we get asked that a lot. Like, here are the issues I want to work on with my dog. And also, I want to teach them to fetch. Yeah. Why? 
I'm kind of wondering, do, <laughs> like, we have, do, you... do we have some type of sick control <laughs> issue that, that we're dealing with? Why do you want them to fetch? Yeah, why I do mean... you want them to fetch? And I think it's because society makes you believe that with a dog, wrestling and fetching mm-hmm. are kind of the two main things, Which, and that's not true. Isabella loves fetching. She does love fetching. And she's good at it. Very good. Um, but, but when she's every... done, she's she done. takes the toy and she runs to the door and she's like, bah. Well, and, and here's another thing. So... When you have a dog that goes after the ball, does that mean they actually enjoy fetching? Well, it's going to be determined on what they do after they get the ball. If they bring the ball back to you so you can throw it again, then yes, they really enjoy the fetching part. If they go get the ball and they do not bring it back to you and they try to avoid you, then it's actually the capture of the ball that's the game. The motivation of running after it is to possess it. Mm-hmm. not just to have you throw it again. Right. So forcing our dogs to play fetch, making them bring the ball back, because you think that's what you should do, not necessarily so. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that we do our dogs a disservice when we're forcing them into a game that they're not into, because that's going to make a dog be like, mm, you're not listening to me, I'm not trusting you, I don't want to interact with you, so now I don't want to play with you. Mm-hmm. So that is something that we need to make sure that if we are playing fetch with a dog, that they really enjoy the fetch process and it's not just the possession of it. Yeah. And then if you are doing play, uh, a, a fetch game for play, please don't go more than like five minutes. Okay. You can create OCD issues by just standing there and doing the same motion every time throwing the ball. Not to mention that if you keep them in a high arousal state for a long period of time, um, that baseline changes. And, um, and also anytime you're doing activity, physical activity, you're increasing your dog's stamina, mm-hmm. right? So five minutes of, of playtime, if we continue with that, you're going to end up having to do 30 minutes to wear your dog out. And that is not healthy, guys. I, when I hear people say, well, we play for 30 minutes in the yard, we play fetch. Do not do that. Yeah. Do not do that. The dog doesn't need to be running that hard for that long period of a time, but also just that repetitiveness is not healthy. Break it up, take some breaks, and do some short fetching sessions. Yeah. And with fetching too, you've got those really abrupt stops um, when the dog gets the ball. Um, especially if you have a female, watch those ACLs. Yes. Because um, they are, that's when a lot of those injuries occur. Yes. Um, after those abrupt stops. Abrupt. Abrupt. Abrupt to stop. Abrupt stops. The abrupt stops. That's where we're at right now. Because, um, you know, I mean, our. Our Roddy, we yeah. we had two knee replacements. <laughs> yep. So we, I mean, hers were from jumping off the deck, I think. But also, you know, that running and then just well, also she, I worked her too hard when she was younger, um, in search and rescue and recovery, and so I probably did not let her bones um, grow and fuse appropriately. Well, but keep in mind too, it's it, it, females uh, are. They're higher more likely. Risk. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a higher risk. So. Yeah, yeah. So definitely be careful with that. Um, tug, you know, I hear a lot of people talk about that they've been told not to play tug with their dog. All the time I hear this. That drives me crazy. I thought, until I met you, how many years ago did I meet you? Oh, 13. <laughs> um, that you wouldn't, you shouldn't do tuck again, though. That goes back to the dominance theory, which is bullshit. Do not do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like don't let your dog win at tug because then they, uh, like, dude, I let Isabella win at tug every fucking time. I mean, I win sometimes, I never do, and then they not, win sometimes. Okay, to be completely honest, it's not because I let her, mostly I just lose because her, <laughs> she's much better at it. <laughs> She has a really good head whip. <laughs> My grip's not that great. Uh, yeah, her head whip, man. She's got a head whip, man. I'm like, I'm scared she's going to, like, kill Myers. But I can tug. see her. I can see her confidence build as she – that is her – that's her favorite Some game. dogs really, really, really love to yeah. tug. And I've talked about it before where um, we'll be in the middle of tug and I'll, I'll, you know, tell her to do something. Yep. And she'll do it. Yeah, I mean, I love that response during that high arousal yeah. moment. That's something you can control, right? Not because she's a robot, but it's just sort of a, hey, I know we're having fun. I know this is high arousal, but I need you to respond to me 
in case there is a Correct. time where you have to. Absolutely. And then here's your toy back. Absolutely. You know? <laughs> because, I mean, so. think about it. If, when, if we need, if they are playing with other dogs and we need to interrupt them, we need to make sure that they know how to stay tuned into us and mm-hmm. be responsive even when playing with other dogs. Yep. So tug is something that is a lot of fun. I think that you have dogs that love it. Um, you do not have to win every time. Your dog can win. Um, you can start the game anytime you want. Now, for me, when I tug with a dog, I use a specific type of word, I guess. Uh, it's not really a command. It's just giving information that this is what I'm doing. And so when I'm playing tug with a dog, I use get it. Mm-hmm. And so I'll talk to him like, oh, get it, get it, get it. Oh, it's just get it, get it, get it. So I'm using that to to give them information that my goal right now is to tug, not try to get something out of their mouth. And Mm -hmm. that, because a lot of people are like, well, I try to get the toy out of their mouth and they start tugging. And that's just because you've just not been clear on your communication and and your expectations. It's a good time to teach uh, drop it as well. Yes. I love working on drop it with that. That's how Isabella is so good at drop it. And that's how we get them. From practicing. They drop yeah. animal, dead animals. They drop, <laughs> uh, you know, big pieces of mulch, drop things that we're not sure. Like Myers had something the other day, and I'm like, I don't know what that is. I asked him to drop it, and he dropped it. And I was like, okay, you can chew on that for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. And he can, and I let him have it back. Like, I just need to examine this I just first. need to examine. I just need to see what's in your mouth first, right? So right. those are good times to work on that. And when I do drop it, um, we always, we're going to give it with a treat when we're teaching drop it, we give a treat for the drop it and then we give the item right back. The mis- biggest mistake people make with drop it is they don't give the item back and the dog learns and they just stop dropping it. Mm-hmm. Let's be real. If every time you came over and said, Hey Nikki, can I see your glass? And you took my glass of beer and you walked away with it. You're no longer ever going to get to see my glass. For sure. Cause I don't want you to take my beer away. Mm-hmm. I know this is weird. I'm drinking beer tonight instead of wine, but I was just in the mood for a beer. Listen, I'm committed to this advent calendar. This Okay, this, yeah, we talked about that last the week. The wine yeah. advent calendar. The wine advent calendar. I'm just not feeling it today. So, uh, yeah, I'm on a Franz and Sconer, my German I, beer. I skipped last night's and went to the next day's because I was not feeling a red, and I knew the next day's would be a white. So now I'm going back to... To the red. Yeah. Well, that's a beautiful thing. You could do those things, right? It's it's track. your choice. There are no rules. There are no rules. <laughs> Um, just like really with Tug, there are really not many rules other than I really prefer you to start the game and then let them know when you're done. And I just do it like all done. And then I'm not saying get it anymore. Get it, get it, get it, get it. And they just know, okay, game's over. Mm-hmm. Um, so Tug is something that's a lot of fun. Now, let's go to Chase real quick. And because and, we're just kind of focused right now on like this play yeah, with humans. I, I do have questions about chase oh, why don't you go ahead and give those and we can talk about it because chase is such a simple no, no go ahead when we talk about what chase is it's i think it'll sort of naturally okay. come in here so with chase it is a natural thing for dogs to do um it is dogs especially who have high prey drive doesn't mean that they're going to attack what they're chasing they just really enjoy that running aspect of things um it's sort of the what does a dog do if it catches a car Kind of thing. Yeah. Like it just stands there. Yeah. I was like, oh, I, I'm here. Got uh. it. Done. <laughs> um, the the problem with Chase that I don't want people doing, unless you have very clear informational cues and commands, do not play Chase with your dog unless you know you can get them to stop and come to you. Mm, yeah. And this is a huge problem with people who have kids. Mm-hmm. And the kids are chasing the dog in the backyard or in the house. And then all of a sudden the dog bolts out the front door because one of those kids left that door open. And now they're trying to catch the dog. The dog thinks it's a chase game. Mm -hmm. And next thing you know, not good things happen. So I don't recommend people playing chase where they are chasing the dog unless you have some stop words. So start and stop words. Mm -hmm. So you can do like tag, you're it. That's the cue to start running. And then maybe we stop and say touch or something like that to say we're done. Now, Tiba and I had a chase game that was not really a chase around the yard. We played uh, the chase around the coffee table. Mm-hmm. And she loved it. Did, were you like crawling? No, no, or no. were you actually running? No, I was running. <laughs> I was running. She was still fast. Um, 
but it was just a fun game of keep away, mm-hmm. right? She was trying to keep away from me, but I, it was, I had good control, yep. right? So I could stop the game at any time and she never ran from me because mm-hmm. we've already talked about the last time about how I don't like dogs running from me. So I just say, if you're going to play chase and the dog is being chased by a human, you need to make sure you have very clear start and stop commands. Otherwise, if the dog wants to chase you, fine, whatever. That's your prerogative. Just know if they catch you, you might get, you know, bowled over if they don't have good control. Or if you have a herding dog, you might get nipped. Exactly. Because we, we, we do hear that a lot. My kids are playing with the dog. The dog nipped my dog. Like, my, my dog nipped my kids yep. while they were playing chase. Was your dog behind your kids chasing them? Yep. Yes, of course. You have a border collie. Yep. It nipped your kids. Of course. I mean, and also your dog is in a high arousal state. Absolutely. So, you know, a lot of times that is sort of the default. Yep. They're going to use that mouth. And and that goes back to kind of what we talked about last week was um, using something like the flirt pole or the remote control car Mm -hmm. for them to chase to get that out of their system. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I think that I'm not going to get into boxing because I don't think that's, that kind of goes along with wrestling. With the humans. Um, but the biggest thing is, as a human, if you're going to play with your dog, one, please, please be sure your dog is being, um, is agreeing to the, the type of play that you're doing. Um, because if not, you're, you're going to damage that relationship. And if your dog doesn't like to play a certain way that you like to play, then maybe find a friend's dog that does and, and get your say, get your feelings out there. I, I don't say, know. Too bad you. you you said that a lot nicer than I was like. No, I mean, honestly, it's like too I too damn bad. <laughs> like I love to to like play football on PlayStation. Um, you do not. Mm-mm. So I don't force you to do that. I don't guilt you into doing that. I don't. You know that's that's not when we're trying to interact. We try to find things that we both enjoy doing. Right. And so, uh, yeah. So what were your kind of, what were you going to bring up? Well, you had said earlier, um, specific to chasing and wrestling that the dog when wrestling that's on the bottom is usually in control and the dog in the lead being chased is usually the lead. So what happened? How, let me rephrase. How do you identify a dog? That is either like on the bottom of the pile wrestling or is in the lead with the chase that actually doesn't recognize that they are in control. What do you do in those situations to help that dog? Um, I mean, I sort of know the answer, but how, how do you identify that that dog is like, no, please, like I'm actually running for my life. I am not playing chase. How do I make this dog stop that's chasing yeah, me? Very good question. Um, and that is the thing is that sometimes when dogs are playing, um, their motivation behind the play is not for fun, but for um, survival. And, and chasing is a big one. So every time I'm looking at something like that, I'm looking at body language, right? Um, is the dog running with his mouth open, ears up, tail flopping in the wind, or is the tail tucked, the body's lower to the ground, the ears are back, the mouth is closed and tense? Um, is the dog looking for an escape or is the dog checking to see if they're still chasing him? All right. So it's really taking, taking your cues from the other dog to, or, or the lead dog to see how are they really feeling? Um, and when that's the case, if you have a dog who is nervous about play and, and nervous about chase, the best thing you can do is try to get an interruption in there, maybe get to the lead dog and, and try to find a way to, to, you know, reel them in a little bit. I mean, corral them, obviously. If you, again, you got to have some good control over your dog. You got to have some good commands so that you can do some of those interruptions. But it is important to interrupt that. Another thing is if you have a dog that's in a wrestling match um, and is doing a little bit of chase with wrestling, again, you're looking at that body language. Does the dog flop over and that tail is tucked up between the legs? Are the ears back? Is the dog, um, are the eyes looking bigger than what they should? Um, or is the dog f- being fluid on the ground where the tail's out, face looks happy and soft, the dog is, you know, using feet to kind of be like, hey, let's play. And if they're just looking like they're almost in a, in a it's really that tension, and that's when I need to do that interruption. And the interruption is just going to come with a, a simple that's enough with a redirect 
from the dog that's on top. Mm-hmm. Um, and anytime I see a dog that flops over to expose the belly in a way that is more nerves than play, I'm going to try to get the other dogs to stay away and get that dog to get up and move. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I don't want them to, to put themselves in a position for bully behavior. No, because some dogs are assholes and they will come over and be like, oh, you want to be a weenie? I'll be happy to bully you and, and confirm your feelings. Um, so, Well, and, and I don't think that they're, the dog's necessarily being a weenie. I think a lot of times the other dog is seeing mixed signals. Oh, big time. It's like, hey, my best friend plays this way and this is what they look like. They roll over when we're wrestling and they're fine and you're doing the same thing. So, I mean, you know, sometimes it's not necessarily the other dog is being a bully. It's just they're recognizing the pattern of play and the communication. And, you know, a, a dog may be giving mixed signals. You're exactly right. And, and you get a lot of dogs chasing like that, right? Where they're running away from a dog thinking they're trying to protect themselves, but then it looks like chase. Mm-hmm. And this is the main problem with dogs and cats living together. Cats, typically, their default behavior is to run. Mm-hmm. Dogs, most default behaviors to chase. So that ends up being kind of mixed signals right there. Um, So it it is definitely can be a challenge. I really like for my dogs to learn how to play with a variety of dogs. Mm -hmm. So they're not just used to playing with one or two playmates. Because if you have, let's say we have dog A only plays with with a, a dog that wrestles. And every playmate they have is just a hard wrestler. And, they're, and they match that energy. And then you try to put them, say, somewhere like daycare or the dog park, and they start, they're bullying these other dogs who don't like to wrestle. Yeah, then they're, they're really, we're not, we're not giving them uh, enough, enough skills to be able to adjust themselves. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important that dogs learn to play with different types of, of style and different preferences. And if you do that, you're going to have a well-rounded player who can adjust that play and be like, oh, you don't want to wrestle? How about tug? You don't want to tug? How about, oh, you like chase? All right, chase. I'm good with chase. Do you want to run or you want me to run? Because I can go either way. And that's the thing is, is, is when your dog learns to play with a variety of, of, of other dogs that have different preferences, they do become better players. Myers, I took him to class and, uh, and his play was a little... The way that some of the puppies were playing, being that he's still adolescent and he's smaller, he didn't have the confidence to necessarily correct them as a a closer to an adult than they are. Um, And his tail was tucked, his ears were back, and I had to interrupt a couple of times because he was not having fun with the play, even though it looked to the untrained eye that he was enjoying it. But he was doing it because he knew that if he just stopped and stood still, he was going to get run over. Right. So, and then I think that's important that we really watch our dog and we give them that ability to come to us and say, I'm not comfortable. And, and one of the big signs is if your dog ever comes to you and sits between your legs or hides behind you, then you know in that moment that whatever dog is following them, they don't want around. Mm-hmm. And when they lash out at a dog doing that, they're not protecting you. They're just t- telling the other dog, I'm not interested and I'm obviously on my own. So I'm going to let you know this. Whereas owners, we need to go, okay, you're not comfortable with this type of play. This is not our group. Let's go do something. Let's go do a sniffy walk. And then we'll check the dog park later or, or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but again, we, can't, we don't know that unless we know our dog's preference. And we can't know our dog's preference if we're pushing them into playing in a way that they're not comfortable with. And I, I keep going back to this because I think it's so important. But so many kids with dogs in the house think that they can lay on them jump on them, roll on them, tug on them. And, and, and just, that is so inappropriate guys. So inappropriate. Kids need to learn respect. They need to learn that not every kid wants to play the way they play and not every dog wants to play that the way they play. So please be careful with that and, and learn your dog and, and learn your dog's play behavior and play preference. And, and you can go a long way with that. Um, but those are some really good questions with that. And for us to not have an outline for this, <laughs> this like last minute episode, I had a client cancel and she's like, you want to record a podcast? Yes, we have time. Let's do that. Uh, and I was like, let's do play because we are going to be putting together. Um, we used to do dog interaction seminars mm-hmm. and we didn't do any really last year. But we are going to be doing our communication seminar and our new interaction seminar so that you guys, if you're local, and I know we will put it online for some 
online because we, we have a lot of listeners that are mm-hmm. not local. Mm-hmm. We will offer this online as well, but our interaction seminar that we'll, we'll talk about different play styles, play preferences, but we also talk about how dogs have altercations, what those altercations look like, what are the different levels of altercations, and how do we deal with altercations, as well as how do you deal with your dog if they're being a bully during play mm-hmm. or being disrespectful to signal. So we're going to be doing that. We'll do that online and in person, but the one that's going to be advantage. The advantage of being in person is once you have those two seminars together, we're going to have a workshop where you can come with your dog. We'll have a couple of us trainers there and we can help you teach your dog how to be a better player. Um, and, And that's the thing is if you take your dog to like the dog park, you need to really educate yourself. If you take your dog to a daycare, they need to be educated. You need to be asking questions. What do you do if my dog, you know, what do you do if my dog is playing with another dog and that dog doesn't want to play? How do you handle that, right? Daycares should be improving your dog's behavior. um, And that's really important that they do help their play improve and their control improve. Otherwise, um, I would say that it's letting, you know, patients run the asylum. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so keep that in mind. Uh, so, you know, there's there's a lot to play, but, you know, we could we could talk about it probably most of the night. But really, honestly, doing the seminar or the online seminar is going to be good because we're going to do a lot of video. And obviously, when we're talking video, play, uh, when we're talking about play, video is really important. Mm-hmm. So um, got anything else over there? I think that, I, I mean, I think that summed up a lot of kind of what yeah. we want to talk about with play. Um, But I do know we have a listener question. We do. So if you're done with play, I'll let you read the email that we received, um, and um, I'll answer it. Okay. All right. I don't know where you want me to start with it. Do you want me to – here, I'll let you – you're a better reader than I am. All right. So I'll let you put my readers on because – yep. All right. So so this comes from uh, Marie. Uh, Marie said, I recently started listening to your show and have been listening to a lot of your back episodes. You talk a lot about respecting what a dog is bred to do and how you can't change those instincts. That makes a lot of sense. In May 2021, I adopted my first dog and she was from a rescue organization. At the time, they said she was a Weimaraner mix. Later, when I did DNA testing, she did not um, have any Weimaraner and was about half cattle dog and half pit bull. Lord help you. That's my uh, that's my addition there. Lord help you on half cattle dog and half pit bull. Whew, that's a lot of energy right there. Uh, let's see. She had uh, multiple litters of puppies before I got her and is now about three years old. She's a sweet dog and she's always been very gentle with people after she gets to know them. Uh, she barks and is standoffish at first. Uh, however, now I find myself looking at her differently because of scary pit bull stories I read in the media. I read comments where people say that pit bulls are bred to fight and they're a ticking time bomb waiting to explode. Do you believe that about pit bulls? What about pit bull mixes? There are so many adopted out of shelters. Are people crazy to take them in? I love my dog and don't want to fear what may never happen. However, the idea that what they're bred to do can't be changed is giving me pause. What are your thoughts on families adopting pit bulls? Uh, should we worry about them snapping out of the blue, or can we look at the personality they've exhibited over a long period of time and judge them on that? Um, can I, I go first? I, yes. because um, First, uh, this is a common question that oh, we get. Oh, for sure. Yes, please go ahead. Can I, can I go first? Absolutely. Pit bulls are not bred to fight. That's not, that's <laughs> not their job. <laughs> I just I and and I'm not I'm not shaming Marie here. But No, uh, because on, because everybody no, because everybody believes that. That is that. a very common that they were bred to fight. That is not what they were developed common for. Common thing on the interwebs where both really awesome information lives and really incorrect information lives. Pit bulls are not bred to fight. No, that was a human thing. <laughs> we did that. Uh we as we, humans, we pretty much screw up everything. We, we, I mean, let's we just be that. real. We yeah. we did that. Did that. Um, so I will tell you that she's right. Uh, pits were not bred to fight. That is something that we did as a society. Um, even even the ones that were bred to fight, uh, and and yes. Lately, they have been bred to fight. The original breeding was not for that. 
But when they are bred to fight, they are bred to fight other dogs, not humans. Um, they were never trained to hurt humans, ever. Because then the handlers and the owners would not be able to deal with them. Mm-hmm. So first thing is they were never, ever, ever bred or trained to fight and to hurt humans. Okay. Um, the other is that the majority of the dogs that you find in rescue are going to be your pit mixes, typically. And just like with any genetics, uh, what you're really focused on with genetics of a, of a pit bull is the terrier aspect of it. And terriers are all about prey drive. They're all about uh, chasing down whatever it is that they are after um, and dealing with it. The problem with pits that people run into is they're really, when you look at it as a terrier, Jack Russell's and Dachshunds. So Jack Russell's really bred to kill mice um, very quickly, where not dissecting them, literally one bite and done. Uh, They were used a lot of time during wartime. There's no real difference between that Jack Russell Terrier and the Pitbull Terrier as far as the genetics there. The issue is the power behind the Pitbull versus your Jack Russell. And and I think that's sort of where the misconception comes from, that they're bred to fight. And, and then some people, well, they're bred to kill. Well, to some degree, yes. Yes, just... Uh, but it's specialized, n- right? It's, and, and, yeah. Genetically, um, it wasn't to kill other dogs or to kill humans. Right, exactly. Yeah. Right. And, and you know, look at, look at my border collie. If there is a mouse in the backyard... Oh, honey, she's killed. She's going to get she it. She caught a rabbit one day and it was one bite. It this was dog does not have any terrier in her DNA. So just keep that in mind. I'm not going to say, like, they're bred to kill either. Like, a terrier's bred to kill. That's not fair uh, because the connotation of that... There's a way to say that. It is a way to There's say There's a way to they say were, that. They were bred to eradicate... Eradicate. Pest. Yes. And vermin. Yes. Okay. Yep. Dachshunds. Same thing. They were bred to eradicate vermin, right? So now Myers has Pitbull in him. He has Shizu first, then Yorkie Terrier, and Pitbull. Okay. He's mostly Terrier. He's mostly Terrier. He doesn't have a ton of prey drive. There there are times his, uh, his arousal level comes out, and you can see that pity in him. Uh, of course, he's only like 15, 18 pounds, something like that. But to answer your question, dogs that turn on, we'll, we'll just use this, turn on their owners. We'll just, because that's what everybody's thinking, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. That turn on their owners. Typically, it is not, has nothing to do with the breed. You're going to deal with things such as uh, neurological issues, brain cancer, um, cancer of the rest of the body, pain. Um, It is rare for dogs just to switch, okay? The dogs that do kind of switch, we call rage syndrome. That is something that's we call it rage syndrome. There's no way to really diagnose it, and there's no cure for it. Honestly, all the rage syndrome that I have seen, I have not seen one pit bull with it. Um, mostly your Cocker Spaniels, your Spaniels, Dobermans. Um, those are the ones that tend to have that neurological, idiopathic aggression, meaning there's no real reason behind it. The reason that you hear so much about pities hurting humans uh, is because that's what the media is going to tell you. Um, I can tell you plenty of stories of dogs that are not pit bulls that have attacked humans, killed humans, all those amazing, horrible things, right? Mm -hmm. I I don't want you to be worried. Bottom line is I don't want you to be worried. If your dog has shown that they have a, you know, great personality and they're gentle and loving, then that's what you have, right? That's what you got. Um, if you start seeing anything different than that out of the blue, you need to immediately go to your veterinarian and you need to have a physical workup, mm-hmm. blood work, physical workup, whatever you got to do. Um, you know, 
and I had Rottweilers for 20 years. I had three Rottweilers, and, and not one time did I worry about my Rottweiler turning on me. Oh. And uh, Rotties are also the ones that are thrown in the mix. Um, and, you know, having insurance with a Rottweiler living in a house was difficult. Luckily, mine were um, working dogs, search and rescue and, and recovery. But, uh, I, I, Marie, you don't need to worry about that. If, you, if you're seeing a dog that is gentle and you're seeing what the personality that you're getting, don't let um, this other information that's not really backed by any true science and not backed by any true um, research that you're going to have a problem with this dog. It no. sounds like you have a very lovely dog. And if you do see anything out of the ordinary, right? And that ordinary is what you've been seeing since you've adopted mm-hmm. this dog. If you see anything out of the ordinary, immediately take your dog to the vet. Yeah. Um, and then if you have to get in a behavior consultant, a trainer with positive techniques, do so. Yep. And and that barking to, you know, strangers and that sort of thing, that's... That's not necessarily indicative of your dog going after someone. Um, I mean, my dog barks at people who come to the porch, right? I mean, no, that's, not like my dog. Your dog. My dog is an idiot. Is, my dog barks at everything. Your dog is not an idiot. And then ask later what it was. He's not an idiot. But he loves people. But he is people. a terrier and yeah. he loves barking. But he and loves people. It, it is what it is. Uh, just because your dog barks when... You know, there's a stranger or something new or someone coming into your home. Yeah, a dog being a little shy. That's okay. That's That's normal. Now, if your dog had been friendly, outgoing, all over everybody, and then all of a sudden one day the dog was shy to someone they knew, yeah, we need to go to the vet for that, right? Um, So if you know your dog, you know your dog. And it sounds like you have a very lovely dog, Marie, and and I don't want you to worry about that. And thank you for adopting. Godspeed with your with a pit bull and a cattle dog. That's a lot of energy. So you got a herding breed and a terrier. You'd have been better off with the Weimaraner mix, because um, that's that's hard. It is a lot. But I bet you're doing a great job with enrichment, yep. and you're learning all kinds of yep. new things at the podcast. And and you know we know that that you and your pity cattle dog are gonna be yep. wonderful together. And any mouthiness too. You, cattle you dog have to take the cattle dog into yes. consideration. Any herding breed yeah. um, might be a little mouthier. As yeah. Well, well, and you also your terrier is going to probably enjoy tug more. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also like because there are some things we didn't talk about. I meant to last week on the toys. Is there's a couple of items that you can get for terriers like that, like pitties that love to grab a hold of things and hold. Mm-hmm. Um, you can like, they have tug sticks. I don't know what it's called. And Tiffany's going to correct me on this cause she has one for her pitties, <laughs> but it's a stick that goes in the ground and there's a ball and they can tug on that, but it's yeah. in the ground. Then yep. there's another one you can hang from a tree. The dog can jump up and grab it and hold on to it and suspend uh, from it. Has, is it Kira who has one of those? Kira might have one. I, I recommended one to my clients the other day, uh, or a few weeks uh, back. Kira's our groomer, by the way. Oh yeah. She does also a phenomenal pity, job. Pity also a pity human. lover and, and she's done a phenomenal job. Um, and, and here's the thing is, Marie, you're going to, you're probably going to get some looks at some people because you either have people that love pities or don't, or, or afraid of pities. Um, all you can do is control you and your beautiful dog. And don't you worry about what other people think, what other people say, and don't listen to any family members that are doing any type of warnings that that dog is one day going to turn on you. And definitely don't let the media <laughs> scare you. Um, it sounds like you have a very lovely dog and, uh, you know what? Send us a picture. And we're going to, we want to post that picture on Instagram for everybody to see <laughs> yep, for your sure. beautiful pit bull cattle dog. Yeah. All mean, right. Just, just keep in mind that the reason you don't hear about chihuahuas mauling their owners is because their mouths aren't big enough. Exactly. So just keep that in mind. Exactly. And, and the first bad bite that I've ever received was a Dalmatian damnation was a damnation oh i thought that's what you said a damnation a dalmatian oh. i've been bitten by dalmatian i've been bitten by well we can go um, down that path of how yeah I, i've been i've been bitten by a couple of dobermans <laughs> i have never been attacked by a pit bull in 26 years gray was bitten by a pit bull at a session um and it was it was a play bite but it hurt Oh, of course, because that dog had no bite inhibition. Yeah, no, they've they've got yeah. they got power in those. So dogs. again, there's it, it was the motivation behind it. It's what we're looking right. at, and and I would tell you that most pities that I've met my 26 years, 
barring some uh, barring some uh, major lack of self control, they're all very sweet, um, very goofy. Mm-hmm. But please teach them some impulse yeah. control. I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously they're your one offs that you've dealt with and rescued that were. Oh yeah, that had some issues. Not treated well and, and that sort of thing. We're going to talk about. We're going to we'll talk. There. We'll talk about them more. But That'll again, be the, don't yeah. look at it as a breed. Yep. It's like looking at that. it's like looking at all the like looking at humans. Like don't look at Jeffrey Dahmer and be like all humans are like that. All humans have that capability. So therefore, I'm not going to be around any human. We can't do that. Well, honestly, that's what uh, all the true crime shit you listen to makes me do. <laughs> I'm not going to leave the house. <laughs> This is why I have an Instacart Plus account. I don't go anywhere. Look, true Never crime. Look, leaving. speaking of true crime, I'm trying to I'm trying to do a collaboration with Morbid. So if you guys can send Morbid an <laughs> oh, email Jesus. and tell them that they need to do a Jesus. collaboration with Dog Speak, that would be awesome because I would love to do a collaboration with Morbid. Because you know what, one of their one of the hosts is lost her dog, and I think they're going to be looking at getting a new family dog, and I'd like to help them. So you know, we're trying to. That and maybe they can tell some spooky stories about dog ghost because they also do some spooky stuff. So, yes. So, everybody shoot more of it in email and tell them they need to do a collaboration with Dog Speak. That's all I got. Um, you got anything else? That's all I got. All right. I think this was fantastic. Um, guys, we appreciate you. We love you. And we hope you have a wonderful rest of the week.